listening to a podcast from GravityChurch.com, Lodi, California. If you're new here, if you've never been here before, we do this every week. So, this, every week, this is all we do. Oh, man. You guys, I love you so much. I'm serious. I know that sounds so cliche, but there's a, uh, there's a joy in my heart. I tell you guys all the time that Saturday nights are my favorite time of my week because to be here with you guys and to see your faces is, brings joy to my life. But more than anything, I see God in you and it makes my faith grow because I believe in the gospel more today than when I started because I've seen what he's done in your lives and I'm seeing what he's doing in my life. And these are not empty words that we talk of tonight. This is not an empty gimmick. This is not something that's make-believe or a tradition of men. There's a God, and he loves us so much that he went to great lengths to come and get close to us and to give us a way to get close back to him. If you're here tonight and you've never known that love, and I hope tonight that you will experience it through having coffee with somebody or through hearing something that pierces your heart or something that grabs a hold of your soul. But more than anything, I hope that you will open yourself to the possibility of hope because Jesus is hope, and this world is hopeless, and without him, we got nothing. And so tonight... We're going to turn to him, and we're going to look in his word. But before that, I want to pray because I'm really embarrassed right now. So, God, tonight we pray, and we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, that you hear us and that you are everything to us. And so, God, tonight we humbly come before you, but it's with expecting hearts that we come before you. Ask that as we gather around your word now, that it would speak to our hearts in a way that we become alive. And it's because of you, Jesus, that we get to pray like this. Amen. All right. Take a look in scripture tonight. Last week was a uh, very, very special um, time. If you were here at church last week, then you noticed that um, I wasn't here, which wasn't what I was referring to when I said it was a special time, but you can take that however you want. But... We were, we were blessed to have music from New Hope Church in Galt. If you guys remember their music last week, they are amazing. And every time they come, they just encourage us. But we were also really blessed to have the pastor from Family Life Church come, Pastor Rick, and share from Scripture. And I was blessed because I was able to go away on a, on a, a small, intimate men's camp with just a small gathering of men with Calvary Bible Church here in Lodi. And so basically on one weekend, the body of Christ was moving and functioning and, and sharing all of its gifts with each other. And that's the heart that we have. We have a heart to see the world changed. And we have accepted the fact that unless the body of Christ comes together and functions as one, we'll never do it. And so last week was a small little snippet for you and I to see of things to come. The day will come in the San Joaquin Valley where there will be so many churches that will share in each other's resources that sometimes people will come through the doors and they won't even know who the pastor is that's speaking because the, God, the body of Christ will be moving and sharing in its gifts and its heart that the world on the outside will look at it and they'll say, who, what, how? All we see is one big wall of love and we don't know where they come from and we don't know where they're going. We don't know what church they subscribe to. All we know is that they're moving together and they're moving in love and Jesus is at the center of all of it. And so guys, I'm telling you, let that fill your hearts with joy and hope for what God is doing in the future. Four churches last weekend, it's a big deal to be able to all come together 
all different ways and to be able to bless each other. In Matthew chapter 6, verse number 7, Jesus talks in one of his most important and influential sermons, and he's talking about prayer. And he says these words, he says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this, Jesus said, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. This passage of scripture that many of us know so well is so encouraging and yet so pivotal for us to look at tonight because it tells us the heart of God. It tells us, as Jesus is instructing us tonight, what the most important things are. You know, you and I, we have a lot of different ideas about prayer and about the way that we come to God and, and what this really is all about. But Jesus nails it down to the most basic of things, and he says at the, at the core of all of it, God already knows. So talk to him as one who already knows. Isn't that strange that God, or that Jesus would say, go to God even though God already knows what you need. It's almost as if he just wants to hear your voice, but there's something so much more at play here than you would think by looking on the surface. When you look at all of the teachings of Jesus and all of the prophecies throughout Scripture and throughout time, you find out that God's plan, the story that he began telling from the beginning of creation all the way to where we are now, has in the midst of its story a very compelling storyline. And this very compelling storyline is this. That even though he's the God of the world, the God that created everything that you and I see, even though he is all-powerful and that with his very words he speaks life, even though he can do literally anything he wants, his choice to accomplish his work here on planet Earth was to be done through his church, through you and me who call ourselves Christians or Christ followers. That's crazy. And so when we begin to think about it, that God literally has a plan and he wants to see his plan happen, we go, wow, that's great, God, what's your plan? His plan is to see it come alive through you and through me. When you and I pray, our heart literally should be, God, what is your will for this situation that I'm praying about? God, what would you have me to say about this situation in my life. In other words, God, bring your will on earth as it is in heaven concerning this situation in my life. And as we begin to pray the things that God puts on our heart, God begins to move his will into our world and change happens. And it's amazing. I don't know about you because sometimes I don't know what the best thing to do in my life is. I sometimes come up against situations and I look at it and I think, man, what should I do? And I guess, or I step out here or I try this or I stumble on this and God's saying, come to me, our Father in heaven, that your name be kept holy. God, on earth as it is in heaven, what would you have me to do? Take care of my basic needs. God, I'm dependent upon you. 
Help me to forgive those in my life that wronged me today. And God, thank you for forgiving me. This is the basics. This is the things that Jesus says, come to me every single day in the things in your life. We've been talking for many, many weeks now about this idea that the church, the the body of Christ, is the community of God. And the community of God here on this earth has a culture to it. And we've been talking about all the different things in this culture and all the different things define us or make us known for what we are and who we are. And a few weeks back, we talked about this amazing story that Jesus told, a parable of a, of, a, of a man who was in a position of authority and he had a lot of money and he gathered his servants before him and he entrusted with each one of them $10,000. 10 guys, he lines them up and he says, I'm going to give you 10 grand and you get 10 and you get 10. And then he went on this long trip and it was a test to see what they would do while he was gone with what he had entrusted to them. This last Wednesday night, as we were studying scripture and Bible study, we looked at another amazing story in the Bible where Jesus and his disciples are gathering on this hillside and this huge crowd of people has gathered around them. The Bible says there was over 5,000 people there. And Jesus looks at them and the disciples say, they're hungry, Jesus. We need to send them on their way so they can go get some food. And Jesus says to them, you feed them. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, you feed them. And they're like, we don't know how. But the backstory on that is that the disciples had just gotten back from their third ministry trip all by themselves without Jesus. They had gone out into the villages all by themselves without Jesus. And the Bible says that they performed many miracles and they were healing people and they were sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. In other words, these guys had experienced it all by themselves, the power of God. And they come back and they're telling Jesus all about their ministry exploits and all the things that have happened. And Jesus says, man, this sounds great, guys. Look at this big crowd of people. Feed them. And they poop their pants. They're like, what? Are you kidding me? I can't do that. And Jesus once again ups the ante. Once again, Jesus says, everything in your life is a test. How are you going to respond to it? Everything in your life tonight is a test. You don't have to see it that way. You can look at it as difficulty. You can look at it as hard times. You can look at it as things that aren't going your way. But God looks at everything in our lives right now as opportunity to accomplish his purpose in your heart. It's a test. And the test is a simple test. The test is simply this. God, am I going to give it to you or am I going to withhold it? God, am I going to offer to you the hard times that I'm going through, the frustration, the doubt, the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the anger? Am I going to give it all to you, God? Or am I going to withhold it and try to keep it to myself? And Jesus says, everything in your life is a test. If you give it to me, I'll use it and I'll accomplish my purpose in your life and I will make you everything that I dream that you can be. But if you withhold it from me, it's on you. You got it. There's a story, or not a story, but there's a short proverb in the Bible. And if you've never read the Proverbs before, it's a great way to start your day. It's a great way when you've just got a few minutes to be able to open some scripture and you just want some really powerful 
sentences or nuggets of truth and application to your life. And you can read them one after another and you can just get all of these short statements of truth. And there's one in Proverbs 14 that says this. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that seems right to us here tonight. There's lots of things that we look at in our life and we go, man, it, it seems right. That seems, that seems like what I should do. That seems like the right thing to do in this situation. It seems right on the surface. It's something that if I, if I think about it, I think this is what I should proceed in. This is the direction that I should go. It's very, very well documented that men love maps and men hate to ask for directions as a result of their love for maps. Now, women don't know that. Women just know that when they're driving in a car, you know, they tell their husband or their significant other, you know, which way to go and he gets instantly infuriated and he's just like, no. And they say, well, you should just ask somebody. And he's just like, I'm not asking anybody, but they will do something else, right? It used to be they would go to the glove box and they'd pull out this big map. But thanks to technology, we just punch up our GPS or, or our iPhone or our Google Maps or whatever it is that we have. There's something in men that loves to be able to navigate, to be able to chart a course, to be able to see, okay, here's where I'm at, here's where I want to go, and I could go this way, or I could go this way. Oh, wow, this looks like a, ooh, yeah, there's mountains and there's this. There's something of a challenge for men to be able to chart a course and to be able to conquer it and to be able to get there. And when we think about this, this sentence in the Bible, it's, it's so fitting to be able to link it up with this concept of charting a course or to have a map in our mind. Because when we look at our life, there's very few of us here tonight that would think, I don't want to know where I'm going. Almost everybody here tonight wants to have a clue. We want to know where our life is taking us. It's, it's very few of us that just kind of stick our head in the sand and just go, you know what, whatever happens, happens. Most of us want to kind of know what's going next. And so we go through life and we begin to have questions. We come into a situation and we encounter a difficult thing. It could be in our relationships. It could be in wrestling through our recovery. We don't have a job and we're looking at a job opportunity. We're looking at all these things and we begin to try to chart a course. And there's many different ways that we do this. And scripture says that there's a way that seems right to us. Matter of fact, there's most always a way that seems right to us. I don't know anybody here tonight that when somebody does something to you that makes you angry, that you easily let it go and forgive them and move on. I mean, if you're that person tonight, then you are, you should have been up here in front of everybody getting those stories told about you because most of us, we hang on to things and we don't want to let it go. Why? It seems right seems right to hold on to this grudge, this resentment. A person did this to me, and they probably did it on purpose. They hurt me at a deep level, and it seems right for me to hold on to it, to not let it go. Why am I going to let them off the hook? Why am I going to let them get away with what they did? It was wrong. I'm not going to let them get away with it. 
seems right. Right? Wrong. Those of us that have experienced the process of forgiveness and the process of going through letting things go that have hurt us at a deep level, if you talk to us individually, we will tell you that though the pain is real and though the process is difficult, the freedom that you experience as a result of letting wrongs go is so much better than holding a grudge. It's so much better than holding on to that anger. It's so much better than walking through life with a chip on your shoulder. It's so much better to be able to to walk freely. But why is it that the thing that seems right is so bad for us and the thing that is so hard is so good for us? What we're talking about tonight as we talk about this idea of a course is that many of us, when we come to God, we crave a map. We crave a GPS. We crave a how-to, this-is-how-you-do-it formula, step by step by step. You want to be a good Christian? You want to know God? You want to learn the Bible? This is how you do it. You just do this, and poof, you're it. Right? I know because you talk to me, and I talk to you, and you're like, I'm in this problem, Jason. What should I do? Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'm just like, dude, I don't know what you should do. Really? It's not a formula. It's a path. See, God is directing you and me not to a how-to formula. He's directing us to a path to walk on. He's directing us He's taking us to a place. He's taking us to a destination. The Bible talks about this this concept of the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is a path for you and I to begin to walk down. Many times we don't know what is coming next along this path that God leads us down. And for many of us, that's the scariest part because we don't know how to trust. And so if I can't trust what's coming at the end of this corner where I can't see, I'm not going down this path. I'm not going down this road. This, this is uncomfortable, it's unfamiliar, and I'm not going to do it. And yet everything about this relationship with Jesus, our Father in heaven, let me learn to trust you for my daily bread is Jesus saying, I want to learn, I want to teach you how to walk with me step by step down the path of the Lord, down the way of the Lord. It's much safer for us to come to the Bible and to say, you know, the Bible is ancient scripture and so I'll just peruse through it and I'll just, I'll just look for you know, the good things in it that I think are going to direct my life. And I'll just look through the Bible kind of like I would look through it as an encyclopedia. Information. You know, if I have a hard question, if I have something in my life, well, I'll just go to the Bible and I'll just, you know, I'll just see what the Bible has to say about these things. And and it's, it's one of these things that many people do that's very academic. It's very intellectual. It's very much a disconnected approach to coming to the very Word of God. Yet the Bible says the Word of God is alive. It's not some academic, intellectual 
empty ritual that you can come to for information. It's alive and it shapes you. When you read it, it reads you. When you, share, when you look at the pages and you read the text and it comes alive in your heart, it doesn't just sit in your mind as empty words. It begins to change who you are on the inside. And every word it says, says, follow me down this path. Jesus says, follow me and I'll take you to a good place. I'll take you to a place that will restore your soul. I'll take you to a place that has beautiful streams of running water. I'll take you to a place that is good. But he also says some other things. He says, if you'll go down this path with me, there's going to be some dark clouds. There's going to be some times of famine. There's going to be some times where it's hard. And there's going to be some times when you don't know what to do. Keep walking. You're on the right path. Keep walking. Keep going forward. You're headed in the direction of God. Don't turn around. Don't look to the left or the right. Keep on going. In Psalms 16, it says these words. It says, this guy's talking from his heart. And he's saying about God, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. He says, no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. He says to God, you will not leave my soul among the dead or the lost or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. But he says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. He says, I know he is with me. He is with me. He says, Jesus, you show me the way of real life. You show me where it goes. And then he says, in this process of walking, there is joy. Why? Because you're with me. Your presence is with me. There is joy because you're with me. And he says, I get to experience the pleasures of living with God. If you and I right now were to stop and think about where our life is right now, you look at the beginning, how we came into this world, family that we were born into, the neighborhood that we grew up in, the mom or the dad, or if we knew mom or dad, the brother, sisters, the dynamics, if it was a healthy home, if it was a dysfunctional, abusive home, we look at where we started and we look at all these things that have come into our lives. We look at what brings us right here. And almost every one of us in this room, if we're honest and we look back, we've seen a lot of darkness. We've seen a lot of hard times. We've seen a lot of tragedy. We've seen a lot of times where we didn't know where to turn. We didn't know where to go. There were things happening that we didn't know why they were happening. And we have a lot of unanswered questions. And now we sit here tonight together 
And we open up scripture together and we talk about this concept of the path of the Lord. We talk about this idea that God wants to take us somewhere. This idea that God is not just after a bunch of robots that just want to learn the ropes. He's saying, no, I want to take your life somewhere. Come on with me. Let me show you the path of the Lord. Let me show you the way of the Lord for your life. And some of us here tonight are scared to death to be going down that road. And so we, we stand at this crossroad moment. I've watched it happen to many of you. You stand at this crossroad and you're looking down this path that God is clearly saying, this is the way to me. Come on, let's go. I've got something for you. But this other road that we're on is the road we've always been on and it's comfortable because we know it. We may not like everything that this road has brought to us or everything that we've encountered, but at least it's our road. We know what to expect. And it's gotten us this far. And we stand at this crossroad and Jesus is saying, come on, I've got something for you. Walk with me. And we hear these words of of this guy saying that if we go with God, that we'll experience his presence and he'll never leave us and we don't believe it. Because we know loneliness, we know hard times, we know what it is to have people walk out on us. We know what it is for somebody to give me their word and then do the opposite and stab me in the back. And it's like, God, how am I going to, I don't know that I can do this. I'm so grateful that our God is gentle. He's not demanding. He comes to us as we are and he begins to draw us to himself. He begins to call our name in a way that settles our defenses down and we begin to open up and we begin to respond and we begin to think about the possibilities of what possibly could happen if I were to walk down this other path, if I were to walk after God down the way of the Lord. There's a lot of assumptions in our mind, a lot of things that we think about, a lot of things that we think, oh, well, it'll be this and it'll be that. And it's going to go down like this. And I already know how it's going to be because God's going to, you know, he's, he's, all he does is just tell me all the stuff I can't do, right? I mean, all the stuff that gives me a little joy in life, God's not cool with. So that's the end of my fun. And you've missed the complete picture of what God wants you to see. You've missed the complete picture of who Jesus is. Listen to these words in Hosea. He says, I'm the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. God says, all of your fruit, it comes from me. God says, let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true They're right. And righteous people live by walking in them. But in those same paths, sinners stumble and they fall. God says, I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I'm the one who sees your life. I'm the one who comes to you when everyone else has abandoned you and you don't even know it. 
I am the one who is there no matter what comes in your life. You're looking at the picture all wrong. You see, we find our true life by walking the path of the Lord. Many times we look at the things of God and we think it's a bunch of rules. We think it's a bunch of how-tos. We think it's a bunch of choices like, well, I can do this God's way or I can do this my way. Well, I can, you know, in this situation, I can, you know, maybe tell a little lie or I can tell the truth or, you know, I can go and sleep with this girl or I can say no and do the right thing or I can say no to my addiction or else I can, you know, use or whatever. And we look at this life like it's just a bunch of choices. And Jesus is saying, you don't understand that it's not a bunch of choices. It's a path. I want to take you to some place and you have to keep moving forward and I am going with you. Those of you that have experienced or are beginning to experience faith and experience a relationship with Jesus, you're coming into this knowledge that something crazy is going on. You're feeling different on the inside and one of the first things that begins to come over you is, I don't know that I'm doing it right. I don't know that I'm doing it right because I look at other people and they seem to do it this This guy's got this together and this guy's, I don't know if I'm okay. I don't know if I'm doing it right. And we begin to feel these fears and this worries like, I'm just not going to get it right. You don't understand. You're on your own path with Jesus. Walk down the road with him. He's taking your life to a beautiful place. And it's different than the path that I'm on. And I would be a fool to try to tell you this is what the path looks like every single time. Jesus knows you and he wants to show you who he is as he really is. I have a video I want to show you guys tonight. Take a look at this and let it stir your heart a little bit. start he was there he was there in the end he'll be there he'll be there
tonight, we're going to come. We're going to open up our hearts and we're going to take some time to reflect on Jesus, all that he is, the path that you and I are on tonight, the path of your life. This is a time for you to be able to quiet your heart and listen. You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.